0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the Betting Life Podcast, brought to you by Fantasy Life and our friends at DraftKings. I'm Matthew Friedman, Matt F the Oracle. It is week 18, the final week of the regular season. It's always a weird week, kind of a tough week to project playing time for the different players. So, you know, even uh even with that said, we're back with another prop pod in which we'll highlight 10 of our favorite player props on the board. And joining me for the task is Jeff Ulrich, aka the fantasy grind. Jeff, how's it going?
1: All good week 18s always uh a little bit weird for sure you know incentives getting thrown around early in the week even for players who aren't going to be playing this week people are throwing around incentives and stuff like that so um yeah it, it's it's one of those things you you, need to, you can take in the information you can look at it you can have a little bit of fun but um yeah I always it's just always one of those weeks where you You got to wait a little bit. You got to wait for all the lines to drop and to get as much news as possible. So um, in a lot of ways, this can be like, you know, one of the most profitable weeks of the year as well, if you're really on top of it. But um, certainly like from a a prop perspective can be entails a little bit more grinding, I would say than uh, than usual.
0: Absolutely. Uh, but the incentive stuff, it is interesting. Sometimes it matters and sometimes it doesn't. And yeah. I think like it's a it's not a science. It is an art in trying to kind of figure out where it actually matters. Like, for instance, Pukenikua, uh not like any incentives in his contract, but close to the rookie records for receptions and receiving yards. I think he's going to have a good chance to break that, uh, but I don't know how much that matters in the prop market because once he breaks those records, he's probably going to the bench right away. So uh, a lot of ways you kind of have to think about how all the incentive stuff flows together. All right. A few reminders. You can find our props and lots of other bets in our free fantasy life bet tracker. You should check out the discord where we sometimes highlight bets that we like. Uh, my player projections, along with the official site projections managed by the very sharp Dwayne McFarland. You can find those in the fantasy life projections tool. And then of course we have the fantasy life prop tool, which allows you to compare our projections with the props across the market. And we've recently released the fantasy life prop finder where you can easily search by player and find the most advantageous lines in the market. And then of course, remember that lines and our projections do change. Jeff, week 18, starting with you here to highlight one of the 10 favorite props that we have on the board right now. And you like Drake London over 44 and a half receiving yards.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I talked about incentives and stuff right off the top and there's, there's a couple names I'm chasing. This isn't an incentive play, but it is a player who does he he's kind of near a milestone and and it sounds a little bit outlandish, but Drake London is 136 yards away from getting a thousand yards. And I'm not going out here saying Oh, you know, take all the Drake London overs this week because yeah, this is a lock. I mean, he's 136 yards, it's a long ways away. But when you start to look at this matchup and you start to look at the alternate lines and you start to look at his prop, it does seem pretty low for Drake London in this spot. This is minus 125 on DraftKings right now. It's 44 and a half yards. I would play this. I, I would actually, if I was playing this right now, I'd probably even wait and see if this got up to 45 and a half and then you could get like minus 110. Drake London has been such a boom or bust player this year that I really don't think a yard either way is going to hurt you. I would probably just wait for the better odds. Um, but And I, I do think it'll probably shift on DraftKings. Like This will probably close at 46 if I had to guess or something like that. So, again, you, know, you can wait. You can take it now on DraftKings if you want that yard. The minus 125 isn't terrible, but I like the over here. Ah, uh, he's gone for over 80 yards in four games this year. He's gone for over 100 yards in two games. But like I said, he has been boomer bust. A lot of bust games. But the last time he faced the Saints, 91 yards, five catches, and that was the first game they were without Marshawn Lattimore. I doesn't. I don't think Lattimore playing again this week. I, I I didn't check yet today, but like I I just he's been like the oh, maybe Latimer will return this week and then he hasn't come back. So I don't think he's playing. Um, regardless, even if Latimer came back, he's cold. He's going up against Drake London here. A big, to- a big wide receiver who can certainly like body anyone. And then you look at how the Saints set up, their fifth and success rate versus the run. I think that they're going to very much challenge a banged up Taylor Heineke here to pass the ball. Uh, I think they're going to absolutely sell out to sell- to stop the run in a must-win game. And I think that Atlanta is probably going to have to use Drake London here to move the chains more. I actually really like this setup just from, you know, again, putting all that stupid milestone stuff that I talked about off the top away. But I think this is a spot. There's a couple players this week I am chasing milestones on. London is one of them. I am going to play the 100 yards on DraftKings. You can play it. Uh, I believe he's plus 425 to go for over 80 yards. Uh, But you can play him, you know, all the way up to if you want to chase that milestone I was mentioning. I mean, DraftKings, you know, gives you A lot of good um, odds, you know, at like 120, 100 yards as well. I'm going to play him all the way up to like 120 yards. Um, I really do think that if London gets in this situation, he gets off to a good start. Maybe this game gets a little out of hand. Maybe Atlanta's just playing catch up. I think there's a chance that he just starts getting a lot of targets at the end of the game. So 1,000 yards, always a big milestone for a wide receiver. At the very least, I like the over here on Drake London. Um, We do have this projected as well. Uh, in the in the mid-50 range on Fantasy Life. So a lot of things in his favor here. Um, I, I think London's going to have to have a decent game for Atlanta to stay in this one.
0: Yeah, so climbing that ladder, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, almost certain he's not playing this week. He hasn't returned to practice yet, still on IR. Yeah. So yeah, uh, a more advantageous matchup than he would normally have there going against the Saints. And as you mentioned, uh, had a you know pretty good game going against the Saints earlier this season, 91 yards there and... Yeah, I have the projection at 52. Um, yeah, I can I can see it. Um the latter the latter approach is interesting. And yeah, this might actually be one of the one of the sort of like incentive or milestone bets that um I think actually makes sense here. So yeah, I, I do like that one. Uh okay. I am staying in the NFC South and I'm looking at Mike Evans over 61 and a half receiving yards minus 115 at DraftKings. My projection is 67.4. I would say bet it up to like 64 and a half, 65 and a half uh in week 13 uh against the Panthers. Uh who are were playing this weekend? He had 162 yards and a touchdown on a season high seven receptions and 12 targets. I don't think much has changed from then to now and this line is only 2 yards higher than it was then when evans faced the panthers five weeks ago 59 and a half was the line then so for the season evans has 77.1 yards per game with a median of 68 Uh, for this to be at 61 and a half i think it's just a a tick too low so given the stakes for the buccaneers with the win they secured the nfc south I think that means they probably rely on Evans, maybe even a little bit more than they usually do. So Mike Evans going over 61 and a half yards. That is a bet that I have in the bet tracker. All right, Jeff, you are looking at the Seahawks who have something to play for here. You're going under Jackson Smith and Jigba, 44 and a half receiving yards.
1: Yeah, so I, you know, I, I, you look at Seattle. I, I think Seattle is always a good team to look for for unders. On their receivers. It's just a busy crew, right? Like you've got multiple tight end group, you've got three wide receivers. Um, and yeah, I mean the Seahawks defense has been, you know, not playing well and, and forcing the the Seahawks to pass a little bit more, but they there's still a team who likes to run the ball, even when they're behind. So, you know, I, I was looking at it and I kind of like the under on Noah Fant this week as well. But, you know, Fant coming off five five-target game, six-target game, excuse me. Um, he's been a little bit more random. JSN is is just a guy who's locked into this role of I'm either going to get like five catches for 60 yards or I'm going to get like three catches for 20 yards. And I think that with his prop here at 44 and a half, it's a probably like I don't know if his prop has ever really been higher this year. Probably has been maybe for a week or two. But a lot of weeks like he goes off in the 38 to 41 range and we have him projected around 42, 41. Um I, I think that this is just a good spot to short him, though. I really do. The last time they played Arizona, he did have 60 yards, but DK Metcalf did not play in that game. Metcalf has really been kind of the alpha lately, too. for He's got two 100-yard games in his last five starts. I really think this is a spot where Geno Smith is going to rely on Metcalf against not the greatest secondary. But I say not the greatest secondary. The Cardinals have still been pretty good at limiting, like, yards over the middle, limiting wide receiver yards. And yeah, I think Metcalf will get his, but I could definitely see them sort of locking up JSN a little bit in this matchup. Um, So it's just a spot where I'm just really not bullish on the player. I think that if you're going to be targeting Seattle, you should be targeting Metcalf. Um, And I do think Arizona is going to have the ball a ton in this game. I think they're going to be running it with James Conner. I I just don't know how much Seattle is going to have the ball. I like Arizona in this game. So um, JSN under 44 and a half receiving yards again, um, I, I think it's just a tick too high. And I, I do think it's a good short.
0: It's really interesting with Jason because he hasn't had a terrible rookie season and he was the first wide receiver taken in this past draft, but it has been a disappointing year and it feels all the more disappointing when you look at what some of the other rookie receivers have done. I mean, yep. he's he's not like a, a Quentin Johnston level of disappointment, yeah. but you know, like compared to Zay flowers, Jordan Addison, and then a number of wide receivers who went after that, you know, thinking about what Jaden Reed has done, uh, of course, Puka Nakua, uh, as a day three selection, it is disappointing that Jackson Smith and Jigba hasn't really had, um, I'd say like the opportunities and then like, hasn't really had any of those strong performances at the same time. Like he hasn't been terrible. And you feel like from a fantasy perspective, like thinking ahead to next year in, in the drafts, like, He'll be he'll be an interesting like potential yeah. like you know kind of post post hype year two breakout candidate. Uh, I agree with you for this week um, and you know throughout this year he's been a pretty easy guy to fade. So yeah, I'm with you on the JSN under of 44 and a half. All right, I am looking at David Montgomery anytime touchdown. Now at DraftKings right now this number is minus 115. I don't think you need to bet it right now. I think you can wait and see how that market develops. And it could move to plus money where I think it's much more bettable. Uh, I might not want to bet it at minus 115, but I do want to, in general, be on Montgomery this week. So I would wait to see how that market develops, but just kind of looking at him in totality. Let's remove week six uh, in which he left early with the injury after just 18 snaps. Maybe you could accuse me of cherry picking, but I am like removing the obviously rotten cherry. Now, if I do that, Twelve games played for Montgomery this year. In those twelve games, he has twelve touchdowns. He has scored in all but two games this season. Now, those two games, somewhat concerningly, were weeks fourteen and fifteen when he lost hundred percent of the work inside the five the five yard line to Jameer Gibbs. But since then, he has reestablished a role as a goal line player. Against the same Vikings, just two weeks ago, he scored a touchdown on three carries inside the five. Uh, The week after that, he had more work inside the five yard line. So he is, you know, not back to being like the full, the only goal line player, but he now does have a goal line role. And I think that is enough to make me very interested in him, given what he has done over the total course of the season. Now, of course, with the Lions, there is a significant risk that they will rest some of their players at some point in this game, given that they don't need to win. But I'm not all that worried about that for a couple of reasons. One is that head coach Dan Campbell has already said that the Lions are playing to win. And I just kind of based on who Dan Campbell is as a coach and as a a competitor, I believe that... Yeah. As a, as a man, as a human man. Yeah. Man, man, Campbell. I expect that he's going to want to go out there and like really, really win, like go into the post season on a high note, beat a division opponent uh, and sort of wash away the memory of that uh, last second loss to the Cowboys last week. So I think the lions are going to go out there and compete if not for the full game, until the game is decided. So I think that means David Montgomery does get his usual allotment of opportunities near the goal line. And then second, even if the lions do choose at some point to rest some of the guys and to curtail someone's work in the backfield, that person might actually be Jameer Gibbs instead of David Montgomery, like Gibbs as the smaller player Gibbs as the rookie Uh, Gibbs is frankly the more important of the two players in the backfield, given like his explosive skill set, his well rounded skill set. Like, he might be the guy that they're like, you know what? We don't need to give Jameer Gibbs as much work this week and kind of prevent him maybe from hitting the rookie wall in the postseason. So, if they do scale back some of the workload, that actually might benefit David Montgomery at the goal line. So bottom line, if you give me the opportunity to bet on a guy to score at plus odds, when he has as many touchdowns as games played, I am probably going to do it. So David Montgomery, I will be looking to uh, to get plus odds on him to score a touchdown this week. All right, Jeff, Justin Fields over 197 0.5 passing yards. Now, the Justin Fields thing is interesting. I'm sure there's going to be a ton of talk in the offseason about what the Bears are going to do with the number 1 pick. It's like the exact same situation that they had last year with the number 1 pick. Do they keep Justin Fields? Do they draft a quarterback with the number 1 pick? Uh so obviously, we have that to look forward to in the offseason. But right now, week 18, Justin Fields, you are looking bullish on this over 197.5 passing yards.
1: So, yeah, a, a couple things right off the bat. So this is 197 and a half on DraftKings. And and I do definitely like the over here. We have this projected into the 200s on Fantasy Life. Um Green Bay is 28th in dropback success rate. I know Jari Alexander is back this week. It's it's not enough for me to just all of a sudden be super bullish on the Green Bay passing defense. He's been out for a while. And, I mean, you know, his, how, how effective he's going to be and how much impact he's going to be is, is very debatable. Regardless, I think it's a good setup. Um, Fields has been over this number in three of his last five games. And the 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 one thing why I say uh, I, I want to make a note of this is I am going to wait to bet this until his pass attempts prop get gets put out. Fields has been passing a lot more than I think people realize. His pass attempt prop last week opened at 26 and a half. He threw like the ball 30 times. Like it was the and 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 the Bears were ahead that entire game last week. So I am going to wait and see what his pass attempt prop opens up. And if it does open up in like the 27 and a half range again, I will bet that over. I may just combine them or something as well. Um, or or look to combine them on DraftKings. You can same game parlay on DraftKings, but certainly I like this line as an over on Fields. Um, you mentioned what's happening with Fields in the future. I, I really think Justin Fields, the last five games and what we've seen from him, this is this is stemming from the fact that he knows. He is basically playing for a big contract right now. All these—it's funny because all these people are throwing incentives out. Oh, this guy's got 500k in the contract. Oh, this guy could get to a thousand yards. No one's got more. No one's got more incentive to play well right now than Justin Fields. Like really, nobody. His next contract is on the line here. He's he's trying to convince someone to give him 200 million dollars, um, whether it be the Bears or another team. I think this is a spot where he's going up against Jordan Love. He does not want to get you know, embarrassed and like, Oh, well, Jordan loves clearly the better quarterback here. And maybe Jordan love is the better quarterback, but regardless, uh, I like the spot for fields. I I think this will be at least a semi-close game. Green Bay's offense has been pretty good late. And like I said, even when the bears have been getting down, they have been dropping back quite a bit lately. Um, they're not what you'd call like an old timey run first uh, offense right now. They are letting Justin Fields drop back quite a bit. So I like this one. Like I said, I'm going to wait and see what the attempt props get put up. If I even have to take a little bit of a worse line on the passing yards, I don't care. But I, I, we have this projected as a pretty solid over, and I like this one. Um, I, I think that, you know, the weather is fine in Green Bay. There's really nothing here that negates it and says, oh, this this may, uh, this may end up being a trap or something. I, I think Justin Fields goes over this and probably ha- ends with a pretty good game against Green Bay.
0: I like this. As you mentioned, uh, yeah, Justin Fields, very incentivized right now playing potentially for his job with the bears, if not the bears for his next employer, because if he's not with the, Bears, he will be traded. And it's not even just the, you know, the possibility of a long-term contract, although that certainly is coming. There's also the fifth year option that either the bears or whoever trades for him is going to have to decide to pick up, uh, and you know, They probably will pick it up, but you know, a good game here to end the season and, you know, potentially end his time in Chicago could go a long way there. So yeah, Justin Fields has a lot of motivation, a lot of incentive in this game here. And I like the idea of the same game parlay you know, over whether it's the passing yards or the passing attempts, you know, maybe putting that with the bears plus three. Uh, I have that in the bet tracker. I do like the bears in this spot. Uh, I think plus three is just a little bit too high. And I would say you could uh, also pair that with the bet. I'm going to talk about next, and you could do that all in the same game parlay, At DraftKings, the new year is officially here, and no matter how your team did, everyone gets to start fresh in 2024, and we have teamed up with DraftKings, and if you are a new customer, you can take advantage of this fresh new offer that they have. Right now, new customers who bet just $5 will get $150 in bonus bets instantly. You can get your new year off to a great start by downloading the DraftKings app and sign up using the promo code fantasy life what else fantasy life if you are already signed up for DraftKings, you can get a no sweat bet get a bonus bet back if your same game parlay or single game parlay x bet doesn't hit course, max rewards limits apply. If you are a fan of multiple teams and you want to bet on them all, you can combine multiple bets together for a shot at an even bigger payout. If sports betting isn't available in your state, not to worry. You can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. New customers use the promo code Life and bet $5. dollars will get 150 in bonus bets instantly. That is promo code Life only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And, Of course, in that same game parlay, Justin Fields over 197.5, Chicago plus three. Give me DJ Moore over 66.5 receiving yards. I don't care where this line is set. I grabbed it at 63.5. My projection is 68.1. So it's not as if I'm seeing like a world of value with this bet in terms of the projection, but I do not care. DJ Moore is going to go off in this spot. He is extra motivated after not making the Pro Bowl. He put out a tweet where, uh, no words, it's just the gif of Heath Ledger's joker. Like, this this dude is, like, I think, I will just say, I, I am a DJ Moore truther, so, like, I yeah. cannot be totally objective in this. But I like DJ Moore because he's good. Uh, yeah. Over the past five years, only four other wide receivers in the league have more uh, yards receiving than he does. Like and those are the best wide receivers in the league, but he's like right underneath those guys. Like he has a a low key case, and I will say this, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but I said the same thing about Mike Evans like five years ago, and I I was met with resistance. Like he has a low key case for getting into the Hall of Fame. Like obviously, like stuff needs to project forward. Like he needs yeah. to keep doing what he's been doing. But if DJ Moore continues to pile thirteen hundred yards each season on top of each other. And then he extends that. And remember, he entered the league at only 21 years old. So, like, he has a chance to have some longevity in the league. Like, he could legit get to the Hall of Fame one day if he continues to do what he does, because with a horrible quarterback situation for the super majority of his career he has still been one of the most productive receivers year in and year out. And it's not as if his quarterback situation is even all that great right now. Like I know we like Justin Fields, but he's not like one of the preeminent passing quarterbacks in the league. And even with that, what we have seen out of DJ Moore this year is like leaps and bounds ahead of what we saw out of him previously when he had absolute trash quarterback situation. Anyway, that's a tangent. DJ Moore, Hashtag good player. And as you mentioned, the matchup is good going against the Packers number 28 in defensive dropback success rate. Now, in week one, when he played the Packers, he had just 25 yards receiving two receptions, two targets. It is worth saying that was week one. That was his first game with the team. That was an aberration. Since then, he has eight and a half targets per game. Just last week, he had 13 targets. The guy is just dominating aerial usage on the Bears. He's number three in the league with a 43.9% share of air yards number five with a 75.5% whopper. Now he has an ankle injury. I'm not concerned about the ankle injury, given that he is logged back to back practices, albeit limited, but back to back practices to open the week. Like if the injury were truly serious, almost no chance he would have practiced on Wednesday. So, uh, I'm still on DJ Moore in the spot, 11 games, 11 full games with quarterback, Justin Fields. In those games, he's averaged 94.4 yards receiving per game with a median of 96. Like, oh, that is elite, elite wide receiver type of production here. And I just don't think DJ Moore is getting the credit. He didn't get the credit with the Pro Bowl snob. Uh, I think he starts to demand a little bit more respect. I am very interested in DJ Moore here. Jeff, any thoughts on DJ Moore?
1: You know, I used to... I Used to be like not anti DJ Moore, but I just thought he was a little bit overhyped. But uh, I, I've kind of changed my tune the last couple years, especially going into this season, just watching play a little bit more. He's he's definitely underappreciated by the league. I mean, this dude is so good after the catch. I mean, he he is you know, if he, like if he was on the 49ers, I mean, people would be talking about him. No, seriously, like I mean, people yeah. get all all hot and bothered about about uh, like Debo Samuel. I got I mean, DJ Moore, I, I would probably. Is probably better than Debo Samuel. Like if if I think if brass tacks, he just has not been in the same kind of situation where he can like just get that kind of notoriety, be on a good team. Um, I, I think he's fantastic player, and yeah, like you said, I think the biggest thing is that last stat you put out: eleven full games with Justin Fields. Justin Fields has eyes for no one else on this team than DJ Moore. Sometimes Cole combat will get like five catches in a row or something crazy. But yeah, man, I mean, it's, it, 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 this is a spot where fields and more, uh, I'm sure they're already talking about it. Like they want to put up a big game. They want to knock green Bay out and get some respect. So yeah, I think targeting Chicago in this spot in multiple ways is, uh, is pretty sharp this week.
0: Yeah. I mean the, I like the comparison to Debo because DJ Moore, he hasn't gotten as much rushing opportunities uh, recently, but like we saw in his rookie year and we've still seen it kind of occasionally pop up here and there where like, he's a pretty good runner when they give yeah. him the ball, 8.3 yards per attempt for his career, uh, 356 yards rushing for his career. Uh, I mean, yeah, if he were in the Shanahan system, he would basically be playing the Debo role. And I think he would be playing it to perfection. So yeah, I like that comparison there. All right, uh, moving on here. Tyrod Taylor over two hundred and one point five passing yards. You like the over here?
1: Yeah, I mean, let's let's state the obvious first. It's the Eagles on the other side, so this is a very good setup. Most fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. The Eagles are just they're they're just in shambles at this point. I mean, I, I think the Giants may actually win this game um certainly their secondary is just all over the place um so right off the bat you know like we you you look at the eagles opponents i mean i think that there's been there's been like two quarterbacks since like week 3 that have have gone under this total um and and we're talking about some pretty low volume passing offenses as well that have gone over like kyler two th- through for around 230 last week i mean arizona certainly not airing it out Uh, At the the moment, relying more on the run game, still just cleared this 200 mark extremely easily. And the other big thing that I really like about this bet is Tyrod Taylor's playing some pretty decent football. Granted, he's had some soft matchups when he's been in there, but this is another soft matchup. He's averaged over 7.5 yards per attempt in his last three appearances. Those last three appearances were essentially three starts. I think he came in in the middle of the game and one or early in the game and one for DeVito. But regardless, he's playing good football. Um, he, he played a week secondary last week. He had his second 300 yard game of his career. Um, he's connecting with Slayton. He's been connecting with Hyatt. He made a connection with Darren Waller. And the other thing that I like about this is the Giants are finally healthy. Like they, the Giants just feel like they finally have a decent wide receiver, just receiver room for once. Slayton's playing pretty good. Hyatt is getting injected now. Wandale Robinson has kind of taken over the slot. Waller's healthy. They're even using Bellinger, who's half decent. Like, this Giants receiving room, which was just a disaster for, like, 14 games, it's actually okay right now. And I think that going up against the Eagles here, um, this total just feels extremely low. It doesn't feel like there's any respect being given to Tyrod Taylor, Tyrod Taylor, I believe how you pronounce it, um, right now. So, again, uh, we have this projected as a nice edge as well. Uh, a couple, you know, again, I think your projections had him in the 215 range. I think it's DeWayne's projections had him really bullish, perhaps like over 220. But I think that as long as this stays under 205 yards, and right now it's 201.5 passing yards on DK at minus 115, I'm more than happy to take an over here. Certainly, you could look to some of the Giants wide receivers. Like, I like the over on Jalen Hyatt this week. He plays playing a ton of snaps. It's at 19 and a half yards. But at the same time. Hi, it's really boomer bust. He could get four targets and no catches or something. I think that the safer bet here is just to take the over on Taylor's passing yards. Um, If you want to pair him in in same game parlays or something, totally makes sense. But I think Taylor is probably the biggest sort of single prop edge uh, that I like from this game.
0: All right. I like it. Uh, You're right. Our official projections, again, managed by the sharp Dwayne McFarlane. Uh, We have Rod Taylor looking near 236.6 passing yards that feels aggressive, but like, I can see it. Like I, I, I see the upside case, like the massive upside case for Taylor in this game here, uh, going against the Eagles. I've been projected for 213.2. So still, uh, north of the prop available here at 201.5. Uh, everything you said, a hundred percent agree with, uh, you know, from the fantasy perspective, Taylor is one of my favorite plays this week. Um, yeah, you know, yeah it's just it is a great spot uh and let's see he came in two weeks ago when these teams played and looked pretty good going against the giants and i mean sorry against the eagles and like uh the move to matt patricia like that is just like such a an indictment of how bad things are with this defense that they're like you know what we will go with the guy who uh was overrated in new England and then totally fell on his face as a head coach and then uh had to become an offensive coordinator who was terrible and then we signed him as our senior defensive assistant like it's just it is it is really bad and I don't think it's getting much better uh at least not this week uh I don't think we're going to see Darius Slay return and uh, yeah, as so you said, that there's a possibility the Giants win this game outright. Like, this is a prime spot for Brian Dable to overperform expectations, even if they don't win outright. It feels like this could be a very tight game against the spread since last year. Dable is 17, nine and one against the spread in the regular season as an underdog eight, two and one against the spread with quarterbacks who aren't Daniel Jones. You know, like it's uh, it's the kind of thing when like, if Dable has a backup that the league underestimates or the, the market
1: underestimates him. Taylor is, is a really good backup too. Like if I were the Giants, I, I would be looking to unload Daniel Jones and just drafting some sort of development quarterback and roll with Taylor and, and a rookie. I mean, I really would. I mean, it's too late because they signed him to that gigantic contract. No one's taking it, but man, I, I, Taylor is a really good sort of bridge backup, whatever you want to call him. He he is underrated. Uh, he has looked good so far and I think he's going to look good again. In week 18.
0: Yeah. He's, he's the consummate bridge slash backup quarterback And with Dable, He's three Oh and one against the spread. Um, since let me see like since 2018 so like in the post bills days so in that era where he's clearly like a bridge or a backup quarterback to raw taylor's 10 3 and 1 against the spread like that you know like you really cannot get any better as a as a bridge quarterback than what taylor offers at least from the sports betting perspective and i think we see that here with the prop market okay i like that one uh i am pivoting to kickers. It is disgusting. Uh, I put only one kicker prop in here because I couldn't bear to put two in here. By the way, the I, I think Haverchik was the guy I talked about the worst possible call uh, that anyone has ever made from the betting perspective. Not only did lit, he not no, get a field yeah. a field goal attempt, he yeah, missed God. two extra point attempts and then got cut the next day uh, only to be replaced by the guy who was so bad that he was replacing in the first place. Just absolute travesty hey, of we a last
1: week because DJ Chark <laughs> dropped four balls in a row. Uh, but the Havertick thing was hilarious because the first drive of the game, the Rams had two, two chances to kick a field goal and they went for it on fourth and three twice. And I'm just, I was watching it cause I, I, I did sprinkle it in a little, a few, and I, it was just. I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is this is the epitome of running bad. The guy who never goes for it on fourth down goes for it twice on the first drive. You knew it was doomed after that. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Had, like was, I said, it was a group was, effort last week.
0: <laughs> it was so bad. All right, but hopefully this one will not be bad. I'm looking at Blake Groupie over one and a half field goals by the way to continue the tradition of like i don't know if i'm pronouncing this guy's name right and i kind of don't care because he's a kicker i'm not sure if it's groupy, if it's group whatever it is if this guy hits over one and a half field goals then i will learn how to pronounce his last name until then he is just a nameless kicker uh but anyway so i'm still working on the kicking model because i'm a degenerate sicko i have four different methods of projecting field goals and then i average them all together because i I don't know like which one of them is better frankly i don't know if any of them is good uh but i'm going to be betting on them the lowest projection i have for groupie is 2.2 the highest is 2.6 uh either way you know Both of them very clear of the one and a half field goals that we have here. The average field goal attempts per team per game this year is two. The Saints have averaged 2.2. The Falcons have allowed 2.4. So you put all that together and I think that gives Groupie a pretty good chance of getting two plus field goals in this game with his 80% conversion rate. And a lot of this bet has to do with the matchup. The Falcons are number three and highest percentage of points allowed via field goals, they've allowed 34.2% of the points scored against them to come through field goals. And the league average is 23.2%. So like they are well north of what the typical team is allowing in terms of field goals. And you saw that when the Saints played the Falcons in week 12, Groupie had a season high six field goal attempts, which he converted into five field goals. So fine, give me just half of the five field goals and I will be happy. Uh, In an end of season divisional matchup with two teams that play to the under, a tight matchup with a spread that is, you know, Saints minus three. I could see this turning into something of a kicking contest. So I will take Lake Groupie, over one and a half field goals. Jeff, I won't insult you by asking you to comment on this. So instead, we'll we'll just move. Unless you have something you want to say, like Friedman, stop
1: betting on kickers. My only comment is um, I definitely have my fantasy football name picked out for next year for my team. It's I Am Group. Yes, (laughs) that is a good one.
0: Okay, there we go. All right, of course, that means you have to draft him he might not even be in the league next year. That's just how he's
1: probably getting cut knowing your record with kickers. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He will, he will go for six this week and he will be cut (laughs) and banished to uh, like having to play in the XFL. And then he won't even make it there. Uh, Okay. Jameer Gibbs over 51
1: and a half rushing yards. So we we already talked about the Detroit game, and I, I mean I didn't I didn't comment on it there, but I basically agree with everything you said. Uh, I think the Lions are going to absolutely crush the Vikings this week. I, I bet the Lions in the in the bet tracker as well. I think you did as well. Um, so you know, with that, you know whether you uh, Dan Campbell, I think is a really good regular season coach. I, I think that when the book closes on Dan Campbell, it's going to be very Mike Tomlin esque, very good at getting his team up getting his team back from losses, coming through in underdog spots, probably not so good in the playoffs. And this is part of, part of the reason why. Why are you focusing on week 18? You have almost no chance to move up in the seeding, And now your team is going to be peaking a week too early. Regardless, let's take advantage in the props. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to have a big game here. Uh, last week, Minnesota, what did you see? Deflated, absolutely beaten down against Green Bay. 5.05 yards per carry to the Green Bay running backs basically a 30-year-old Aaron Jones. Now they're facing Detroit, who, like you said, wants to wash the taste of that Dallas loss out of their mouth. Lions are third in EPA per rush since week 10. uh, As a team, Gibbs himself has managed 80 yards on 15 carries, 5.3 yards per carry against Minnesota the last time these two teams played. And, I I mean, I I just, like, again, I I mentioned at the, the top, there's a couple milestones I'm chasing here. Jameer Gibbs. 85 yards away from 1,000 yards rushing. The Lions could have two 1,000-yard rushers if Gibbs gets there. It's probably going to get there. Dan Campbell probably knows about this. Dan Campbell probably wants Jameer Gibbs to get it. And like I said, I think they're just going to be facing a completely deflated Vikings team. The Vikings have almost no chance. Even if they win this game, they need, like, three teams to lose as heavy favorites. It's not going to happen. Their chance was last week, and they came up way short. I think Jameer Gibbs, even in a half of play could probably go over this. So yeah, I, I like this one. I'm, I'm definitely playing Jameer Gibbs alt up to 80 yards. Uh, like I said, I, I think you'll see him get to a thousand yards and I, I think you'll see the lines win big this week.
0: I like that call with Jameer Gibbs, uh, chasing the thousand yards rushing and, you know, David Montgomery at 975 right now. Yeah. I like Dan Campbell, uh, You know, not just a player's coach, but a former player himself. Like it, it feels like the kind of situation where, yeah, like he would actually relish having two 1000 yard rushers on his team. I can, I can absolutely see them chasing that there. And even, even if they're not going out of their way to get Gibbs the yards. Like he on his own, as long as he gets a sufficient number of carries, like he can get there just based on how explosive he is as a runner. So multiple ways for him to go over 51 and a half and for him to climb the ladder and maybe get over 80 yards there. So I, I do like that call out. All right. Closing it out here. We have on Sunday night football. I think what, uh, what could be if it's not the game of the week uh you know like i will say like it's it's the game of the week it might be like the game of the past like couple of weeks or past month or something like that you yeah. have Josh Allen the Bills on the road playing the Dolphins for uh the number 2 seed in the AFC Uh, And the Bills, you know, fighting for their playoff lives. Like if they win, they're the number two seed and the AFC East champions. If they lose, they might fall out of the playoffs. So it is uh, really a must win situation for them and a very much want to win situation for the Dolphins. And I will say like from the sports betting perspective, I like the chances of the Dolphins to keep this game close which I think means that we see you know, more Josh Allen passes, the team needing to rely on Allen. Allen may be pressing a little bit, and that makes me like Josh Allen over 0.5 interceptions in this spot, minus 110. I was projected at minus 124. I'd take it up to like minus 120. Allen has 16 interceptions in 16 games this year. Right? If not for Sam Howell, he would be the league leader in interceptions. And that is like not... Um, like uncharacteristic he was tied for number two in interceptions last year in the league like Josh Allen this is just a part of his game like he creates turnovers through the air you got to take the bad with the good and you know in all but three games we have seen an interception this year there's been a decent amount of bad this year from Josh Allen and you know one of those three games Yes, it was against the Dolphins in week 4 when Josh Allen had his best performance of the year and like what felt like the the height of Josh Allen MVP talk him after that game 320 yards, four touchdowns passing on just 25 attempts, like absolutely yeah. destroyed the Dolphins. But some context I think is warranted with that game. Number one, the dolphins didn't have cornerback Jalen Ramsey, who was out at that point with a knee injury. And that game was also in Buffalo where Allen has been the best version of himself. And also on the road, the dolphins have been the worst version of themselves when they have gone against playoff caliber teams. Now this game for the bills Is on the road where Josh Allen has 10 interceptions in eight games with a pick in each contest, and that is including the London game. The Dolphins, uh, contrarily, have been great at home uh in their one game uh against a postseason caliber team at home against the Cowboys. They won. Uh, they have one of the best home field advantages over the past half decade. Tua at home is something like 17 and 7 against the spread for his career. Like the Dolphins have a legit home field advantage and Josh Allen has been a subpar version of himself on the road. And then significantly the dolphins, of course they have Jalen Ramsey back. Uh, and since his return, they have 10 interceptions in nine games, uh, since week eight. Of course, the dolphins dealing with some injuries on defense, but I think as long as they have Jalen Ramsey there, that is still a pretty high level defense and going against Josh Allen, who's on the road. It feels like, uh, just a recipe for your typical Josh Allen turnover in this spot here. So Josh Allen over 0.5 interceptions, one of my favorite bets for the week, All right? Jeff, anything else to note for week 18?
1: Well, I mean, there's, a, well, I mean, I shouldn't say no. There, there's a couple spots. I mean, certainly one one thing that I'm going to be looking at, cu- uh, a couple different games, Cincinnati Bengals, when those props get get released, the sack race is very much in flux. TJ Watt, Trey Hendrickson, uh, we'll see what Watt does on Saturday, but Trey Hendrickson's prop totals for sacks could be worth looking at. And then I also want to take a look at the Chargers receivers and, and yardage trolls when they get they get out. Um. certainly pot- potentially some opportunity there. Uh, and then just on this Josh Allen thing, I-, I mean, I almost put in like some overs for the bills. I, I think that you you were on and saying like, Allen's probably going to have to pass the ball a little bit more. I know he's been putting up some low totals of late, but I, I don't see this as a spot. I-, I think he'll probably have have to throw the ball a little bit more. So it may end up some overs like with digs. I've already used them. Uh, and a couple other spots. Uh, so, but yeah, Josh Allen, I, I think will be throwing the ball more, which also leads to better chance for an interception. So like that one.
0: Yeah. A number of props. Uh, you know, Again, it's week 18. Some of the lines that would normally be released haven't been posted yet as the books are just kind of waiting to get more information on injuries and then also, you know, what teams are resting, things like that. So yeah, uh, always be sure to keep your eye on the prop market as new lines are being released all of the time. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of the betting life podcast brought to you by fantasy life and our friends at DraftKings. Please subscribe to the show. Tell your degenerate betting friends, join the discord, see all of our bets in the free fantasy life bet tracker and follow us on social media at the fantasy grind and Matt F the Oracle. Thank you and see you again next episode.